0: Welcome to The Minister's Ordinary Conversation, a podcast dedicated to equipping and encouraging pastors to be radically ordinary theologians for the good of their churches and the glory of God. My name is Jeremy Jessen, and I am your host. Well, this week I want to talk about the Prayer for spiritual maturity. The prayer for spiritual maturity. Last time together, we spoke about the priority of spiritual maturity and used several texts to discuss that. But today, we're only going to focus on one text, and that's going to be Philippians chapter one, verses nine through eleven. Philippians one nine through eleven. So, if you have a Bible or if you want to open it up on a, a device through which you're listening to this podcast, maybe. Um, I think this text is instructive to us. And it, it says this, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. When I was a child, my relationship with my parents was established on the premise that they knew more than I did. Um, My parents would often say things like, we know what's best for you. And even if I wanted something different from what they wanted, I couldn't doubt that they knew more than I did. And their authority over me as a child required my attention to their instruction well, spiritually, we're looking at a similar paradigm here. God has made us, he knows more than we do, and he knows what's best for us. And thankfully, he doesn't just know what's best for us. He tells us what's best in the scriptures and his authority over us as our God and as our savior, it it, it requires our attention. So Paul, in this passage in Philippians, he prays for the Philippian Christians that they would understand God in the Bible, in the scriptures, and then live for excellent things, for the best things, and be spiritually mature, bringing glory to God. So this is a very important text when it comes to the the process of spiritual maturity, but the prayer for it as well. So I would encourage you to pray this prayer for yourself, for your family, for your church, and for those um, under your responsibility, whether you're a pastor or a staff member or a teacher or, or a parent, whatever, um, just this is a, a, a helpful prayer to pray. There, there are two elements in the prayer that we have to look into, the his, his request in general and then the results of that request. So in 9 through 10, we see his request that these people, the people of God would approve Ultimately, approve excellent things. So he prays here for what is excellent, and there's a progression in this prayer that we can see pretty, pretty easily if you just look into it. Um, Paul says, "It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent." So. Uh, he, If we can begin with this element of knowledge, knowledge, according to Paul, is um, in um, D.A. Carson's um, definition, he said, knowledge is that mature grasp of the meaning of the gospel that is the fruit of sound instruction and full experience. Or further, James Montgomery Boyce, In the New Testament, this word is applied only to spiritual things, to the knowledge of God, religious knowledge, spiritual knowledge, and doctrinal knowledge. It is knowledge that comes to the Christian through a study of God's word. So we're looking at knowledge of God through his self-revelation in the Bible. That's this through knowledge. And that knowledge produces discernment. Uh, discernment is simply, um, again, to Carson, a moral perception across the entire gamut of life's experience. It's the ability to perceive if something is genuine or counterfeit, Hebrews 5 would say, the ability to see if something is good or best. It's the ability to, to discern what's right or what's wrong. Well, this ability to perceive if something is genuine, if it's good, if it's right, if it's best, that affects one's love. And so Paul, you see here, he's praying that their love would abound with this knowledge and discernment. So knowledge produces discernment. And these two things combined, um, they, they bring about this love. Now, love is, is, is a, a prayer from the Apostle Paul Uh, for the Philippians in this abounding way that it would come from God. And this I pray. So Paul is praying that your love would abound. This love comes from God and its origin. We see that in 1 John 4 and um, verses 7 and 8 and 10 and 19. God, in fact, is love and love comes from God. But it's also through God that we would love via the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Romans 5, 5, Galatians 5. It's a fruit of the Spirit that that Christians love, that we would love like God as we follow Christ, our example. Um, But the the more one knows God, the more one acquires this mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2 tells us. And you're able to exercise this biblical quality of discernment and that ability moves into the affections, moves into the the heart. And that means that as we're discerning these things mentally, our affections are also changed. Uh, One commentator says it this way, love shaped by knowledge and moral insight is the absolute requirement for testing and approving what is best. Paul wants then the minds and hearts of the Philippians to be deeply Christian for otherwise they will not approve what is, verse 10 tells us, what is excellent, that which is excellent, best. And what does Paul view as best, the things that are most excellent? Well, for the Apostle Paul, the most excellent thing, if we go back a bit uh, or we go forward a bit, I'm sorry, if we go forward a bit into Philippians 3, if you look in Philippians 3 verse 10, Paul says um, that his the whole straining of his life, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward and pressing on to what lies ahead is that he may know him Christ, that is, and the power of his resurrection, share in his sufferings, become like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on, he says, to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Um, So he's pressing on toward this upward call of God in Christ Jesus, he says in verse 14 of chapter three. And so the most excellent thing for the apostle Paul, the greatest thing for the apostle Paul is spiritual excellence. He wants God himself. He wants to know Christ in the deepest possible way. And so this is a a fundamental reality of this prayer of the apostle Paul for spiritual maturity in the life of the Philippians. Um, And so, so knowing God in scripture that produces discernment will then affect the way that we love, the way that we love God, the way that we love others, our affections for God, knowing God in that capacity. And then we will approve um, the most excellent things. That is um, knowing God comes through his word. And the more that we know God, the more we will love God. And the more that we love God, we will desire what he desires and love what he loves and the more we will approve what he approves and delight in what he, in, in the things that, you know, God himself delights in. So he, he prays for what is excellent. First of all, So this is the prayer for maturity of the people of God, that they would approve what is excellent. And that approval of what is excellent produces a particular kind of behavior. It produces a, particular kind of life and and it produces purity and fruit bearing most specifically in chapter 10 and eleven. you see so in chapter one I'm sorry verses 10 and eleven where he says that you would be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness so you're talking about purity and fruit bearing here. so purity and blamelessness these two words could be boiled down to one word obedience. Obedience is this willful action based on changed thoughts and affections. We just talked about in chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, what it looks like to have changed thoughts and affections due to the word of God that affects us through the working of the the spirit. It's our changed. When we know God and we love God, we will want to obey God and he will give us that desire and ability. In fact, later on in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul reminds us that we, as we've talked about we talked about last week that, that we should um, carry out our salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who is at work within us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God will give us that ability and desire to, um, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that desire and that ability will produce fruit. The fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, this fruit, Carson says, is to be characterized by the conduct, the actions, the words and thoughts that God himself judges to be right. It's the fruit of righteousness. How do we know that what those things are? Well, the Holy Spirit is already at work inside you and I to produce those, those elements in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And the more we abide in Christ, the more fruit we have bear. Uh, John 15 reminds us, apart from him, we can do nothing, but in him, we can produce much fruit. That's the aim of abiding in Christ. And so we see this trajectory in knowing, discerning, loving, approving the excellent things, living in a way that demonstrates our knowledge of God that will produce this purity and fruit of righteousness. Ultimately, what is it Produced the glory and praise of God. The end of verse eleven tells us the glory of God is a result of our spiritual maturity. As we know God, love Him, and obey Him, we glorify Him. So, it's the knowledge of God in His Word that produces this love for God and love for the good that then then allows us to be discerning and a- approve the things that are excellent. And then as we approve the things that are excellent, we are going to consistently choose and do the things that are excellent. And as we do those things, it produces and it's an evidence of purity in us and um, fruit bearing of this fruit of righteousness that comes through the knowledge of Christ. So we can gain assurance in this way. We know Jesus and it's obvious in the things that we're doing that we know Jesus, but not only that it glorifies God. This is the chief end of man, right? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. And this true prayer for spiritual maturity is really a prayer for human flourishing. If you look at it clearly, I love this story of Mark Twain. Um, when he was in a conversation with a businessman from Boston. Um, and, And this businessman told Mark Twain once, he said, before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I'm going to climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments at the top of my voice. And Twain was relatively unimpressed and responded, I've got a better idea. Why don't you stay in Boston and keep them? Would it be a bad thing to go to the to the Holy Land and recite the Ten Commandments? Of course not. But Twain said it well. A better idea would be to keep them, right? The scriptures give us clear instruction as to the best things, the excellent things of God, and we can understand them. So as you study the scriptures and as you love God because of that study, you'll obey God and glorify God. It's It's a simple trajectory that you see here. And so this prayer is that we will uh that 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 the the readers rather in the church at Philippi would be would be discerning the good things and the excellent things because they have they have steeped themselves in the scriptures and so i would encourage you to pray this prayer again for your family for your church for those believers that you know that they would grow and the prayer should be that 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 those people would be And that you yourself would be completely dissatisfied with mediocrity, completely dissatisfied with, um, you know, approving things that just aren't evil, but that we would seek after a spiritual maturity in our knowledge of God, our love for God and obedience to God. These are the best things. These are the excellent things. And these are the things that a pastor theologian most naturally and most easily Easily can say, I want these things for the people under my responsibility. And so pray this prayer, find your hope in this prayer and watch God answer this prayer in his own goodness and grace. Philippians one, nine through 11. What a helpful uh, thing for us to use in our own uh, shepherding of others and in our own work in our own hearts. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts or your comments. You can go to my website at jeremyjessen.com and contact me there, or you can comment on the episode page for this particular podcast. More updates are coming to my website I um, am going to prayerfully this week release an article on Christian scholarship. It's nature and the need for Christian scholarship. So um, please stay tuned and and, um, uh, visit my website for more information. And again, I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to our next Ordinary Conversation.